You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. The Novant Health Charlotte Marathon Ambassadors love to run, L-O-V-E, capital L-O-V-E. They love to run and they love to talk about running. And sometimes running tells a story about them. And that's the case for our next guest on the Running Around Charlotte podcast, Marathon Ambassador Judy Caswell. Welcome, Judy. Nice to see everybody. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. And DC Lucchese, how are you today? All good, brother. All good. All right. Thank you for joining us. Judy, you say you've always been active, but not always a runner. How did you become a runner? Yeah, because I've always, well, because I was an active child, I was always encouraged to get involved in sports and activities. And growing up, I tended to prefer that. Even as an adult, um, I loved being on a team, whether it was ice hockey, volleyball, um, anything that got me with a group. And it wasn't competitive. It was just more for the fun of it. And I just loved that. Um, And running was only done if I couldn't get to an aerobics class or I couldn't get to a hockey practice. And as, you know, we started a family and things started to get more hectic, it became harder to plan that I could definitely get to these classes. So I would kind of run a little bit more. Um, When my kids were young, I could throw them in a stroller and I could run. But I really didn't prefer it. Um, And here and there I would do a race and it tended to be because it was the charity I supported but still couldn't really get into this whole running thing. And then it was again um, when I was finding I just could not plan on these other activities I decided to Uh join this running group and it was to prepare for this Avon cosmetic running you know 5k And I met a group of ladies that were training and we did the race and everything. And we kind of decided to continue. We'd meet on weekends. And as DC might be familiar with in Connecticut, there's these trails called the airline trails. Yeah. So we would meet every weekend and it became one of these things. It was like the run was only part of it. We would chat, we'd go out for coffee and then we'd find, well, somebody else's young kids, let's meet during the week. And the more I got into this, I started to find what I liked about the group activities. We could be there together and we started to joke. Like we'd say, we solved all the world problems on our runs. We solved the educational problem. We solved the health care problems. And through this, I started to really start to see the benefits. You know, I liked the flexibility. And I also found it became very like calming, meditative for me. Um, I still could have the social piece in the days I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I going out every day. And even like my family, if I didn't run, it'd be like, oh, you didn't run today. And at work, oh, you missed a run because I'd be talking a mile a minute like this. And I started to even carry it over. Um, I was working with students with severe behavioral disorders, and these were all kids that uh, had been outplaced because of their behaviors. I started to incorporate running with them. And I, they, I could see like, if they're out of control, if we went for a run, uh, 
we could go at a steady pace, just kind of keep it up. How not only did it calm them, but they were able to kind of regroup and kind of get themselves together. Well, then the rest of the day could go on. And it kind of really stuck with me because it's like, wow, there's a little more to this running. And then at the same time, this running group and I started to progress. You know, we were doing the 5Ks, we were doing the 10Ks, we're doing the half marathons, we're doing the marathons. And you start to see like, wow, you know, I'm not the worst runner in the world. This, I can actually do this and I enjoy it. And it kind of, I mean, needless to say, that started me um, to the point it can be a little bit obsessive at times. <laughs> like Tim always says, yeah, there's always somebody behind you and there's probably somebody in front of you too. So yes, <laughs> I mean, it's a right. great equalizer, that's for sure. <laughs> now, you, you, I know you've done plenty of running uh, and you and I talked uh, when we were over at the uh, Novant Health uh, Sports Performance Facility the other week and you talked about racing with uh, one of your kids. Yeah, well, it was kind of interesting. They used to hate running, nothing, wanted nothing to do with it. And then as they mm -hmm. got older, uh, my older son was in college and he started mm -hmm. to see the same benefits. He could go in between classes. It gave him a good chance to explore the area. And so he kind of, it's like, this isn't too bad. I kind of like this. And then meanwhile, the, the younger one kind of caught on. He's like, well, I like to run and he would do obstacle course races. But the best part of all, they started to include me because they knew I was kind of crazy about my running. And like my older son was in school in University of North Dakota mm -hmm. out in sunny Grand Forks. <laughs> and it gave me a good excuse hey. to go out there. I'd go out there a couple days early, stay a couple days after mm -hmm. we would do our races. Um, I'd get to join, I'd get to go and ice skate. I'd play, you know, get to play the intramural hockey. I could do all these fun things. And it really motivated me. It was like, I got to keep in shape because I want to be included in these things. Mm -hmm. um, and even like with the obstacle course races, my son would, my younger son would challenge me because I could do the running with no problem. And I was pretty good climbing up things, but I couldn't get down. So we did more obstacle races where I'm on top of a wall, like, well, how do I get down? What do I do? Um, so in the end, you know, we both had a challenge, had our own challenges mm -hmm. and it continued. Um, it started then and it still continues today. Judy, I can only imagine uh, you not even blinking at the opportunity of, hey, mom, let's do this obstacle go crazy. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh. Now, and I know this this is uh, something you've glanced over a couple of times, but I'm fascinated by the fact that you also played hockey because those those folks who do not know Judy, there's not a whole lot of Judy. <laughs> Judy is, is not what I think of when I think about any type of hockey player. I mean, you're like not much bigger than a middle school hockey player. So how in the world do you even carry around that gear, much less get out there on ice and mix it up? Well, it also started growing up. I had a brother 10 years older than me who happened to be over six feet tall. And I so always loved to be included. So I had to rely on speed because they were way bigger than me. And I also had to rely on not complaining. Um, sometimes they would use me to defend 
um, each other. I mean, they would put me in a chair and I'd be the one blocking the puck. And then, you know, when we lived up north, I joined like an adult league. Mm -hmm. And it was, again, it was just strictly fun. None of us were that good. Um, and then it gave me the opportunities. My boys were playing hockey. Mm -hmm. When they had the parent-child hockey nights, I could participate. So again, it kind of motivated me. Um, and then I even started taking hockey and skating lessons on the side because again, I wanted to be able to hold my own with my boys so I could play in these games. Um, and it was also, again, a little motivating because my son, went, my older son was a goalie. And it was, I hate to say, oh, nothing yeah. better than scoring on your own son. Being able to celebrate. <laughs> like, I that <laughs> nice. Oh. That is hilarious. Yeah, we have a goal. We have a, one of ours is a goalie as well. Uh, so yeah, totally appreciate the, the goalie mentality and being the parent of a goalie. <laughs> so yeah. totally get yeah. it. Totally so, get it. In um, Judy, uh, pivot a little bit. In in, in May of two thousand sixteen, uh, everything kind of came to a to a screeching halt. To, what, tell us what happened. Walk us through that. Yeah, well, it was kind of interesting because it started off, um, you know, my son in North Dakota and I were doing races and we'd always find a new challenge. Like we were doing double dares where you do back-to-back -back races. We would do triple dares uh, where you did three races back-to-back. -back. Um, nice. We would do the frozen feet, which was a winter obstacle course race. So then we decided, okay, you know, let's do a marathon. We have yet to do a marathon uh -huh. together. So signed up for Fargo, North Dakota, because we had been doing half marathons there. Mm -hmm. And so this was back in 2013. And like always, I'm, you know, I was determined to hold my own. So I was really training hard. And plus, I was not a youngster. So I was starting to not feel great at times, but it was all things typical with runners. There's always some stomach distress. You have to learn the fueling mm -hmm. piece. So. I kind of viewed it at that, as well as the age. I was in my 50s, so I said, you know, I'm not a youngster. So in 2014, we did our Fargo Marathon, and I beat my son by a minute. So then it was kind of like, well, there can't be anything wrong with me because you don't beat 21-year-olds and you don't run 26 miles. <laughs> so we continued, and, and things were manageable with the symptoms consistent, but they continued, but we still did different races. Then he was graduating in May of 2016. So we said, and he's staying out there for a while in a research position. So we said, you know what, let's do another marathon. Let's do the Grand Forks Wild Hog Marathon. You know, it was the same thing we had done the half marathon. Let's do the full. So with the winter and the spring, I really, again, stepped up the training. And all the symptoms that have been there started to get really severe um, to the point it was carrying over during the day. And it would be like, okay, I have to plan my day. Can I, I better not eat because I have to go to work. Uh, I'm not because I was having a real hard time keeping food, fluids, anything in. But of course, I kept saying, you know, I take good care of myself. Nothing can be wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, then, of course, you know, they always tell you not to, but you start Googling. And it was like, check off that symptom, check off that one, yeah. check off this one. Mm -hmm. This might, it sounds like it's a possibility, it could be a type of cancer. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen in healthy people. So needless to say, I got through graduation. Um, and then it was like, I, I was even having a hard time enjoying myself. I said, you know, I, I think I better get to the doctors. Well, in May of 2016, I got my diagnosis and it was cancer. 
So it, it was kind of like a turning point, like people yeah. who have, I've denied it for all these years, but you know what? I really do have it. Yeah. And I mean, like, like Tim said, you know, that, 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 that changes things, right? I mean, what, what did you think and what did you do? And I mean, clearly you're, you know, in a different space now, but tell us about that journey between then and now. Well, I have to say my first reaction was more anger because it was like, I take care of myself. I do everything I should. And I have a twin sister who isn't quite as active as I am, yet she's fine. So how can this happen? And also the type of cancer. Mm -hmm. It was one that's like, well, there's no family history. I don't know anybody who has it. And it's like, this is kind of embarrassing. So I had an appointment with my colorectal surgeon and I was angry. You know, I walked in there and I promised my husband, I said, I'll, I'll be polite. I'm going to listen, but you know, I'm not following through. I'm not. And <laughs> I expected they're going to yell at me because I haven't been to the doctors in 25 years. Mm -hmm. I have had no screenings because I don't think I needed it. And then they're going to tell me I'm going to have to take it easy and take pills and everything. And I said, I know yeah. they're going to tell me I can't run. So yeah, I kind of braced myself and I walked in with this attitude and needless to say, I got a totally about face. Um, I still to this day call that doctor my guardian angel because I didn't get any scoldings. Uh, all I got, he went through, ex clearly explained my cancer mm -hmm. and what treatment would look like and why. Um, kind of what to expect along the way. But I think what a couple things stood out to me. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing he made it clear, this is a team. Each one of us has a role, including me, and we each have to contribute to the greatest extent possible. And then when I um, looked at his notes, he wrote training for a marathon. Nothing else was written on it, you know, about she should do this, should do that, but training for a marathon. And what that did to me, it was like, he gets it. He gets how important this is. And I realize I'm going to have to take radiation, I'm going to have to have chemo pills, I'm going to have to have chemotherapy, but there's a lot I can do. And they recognize it and they're going to help me. And it just was totally changed my outlook. And I ended up leaving that day like, this is no big deal. This is only stage three rectal cancer. Yeah, I have to go for treatment for a while and surgeries, but you know what, this is no big deal. And what that did for me, um, everything, and like my medical oncologists and my radiological oncologists all took that same approach. Um, like they helped me tweak my diet so I could try to see what's getting depleted from the treatment. What can I do to replenish it? Um, what can I do for help, you know, my um, prevent sores and mouth sores? And it was, it was really kind of interesting because they, and again, their approach, um, I had to start off with six weeks of daily chemo and radiation. Wow. And they kind of viewed it like, okay, um, you have to make sure you keep hydrated. You know what? Um, and they schedule it in the afternoon mm -hmm. so I could still run, work out in the morning. And I got through that piece and I was like, you know, I feel pretty good. Um, in fact, I feel better than I have in years. You know, this radiation stuff is amazing in the chemo. Um, and then I uh, did go through surgery where they did a full, um, they call it a pelvic resection, lower interior pelvic resection and put an ileostomy in. Mm -hmm. And again, and I even had the benefit, um, they did surgery under a special protocol and it's called ARIS. 
enhance recovery after surgery. And part of this is to encourage quicker recovery. And of course, I was totally on board. It's like anything that can get me back out quicker, I'm, I'm in. And you had to take a class on it first, so you kind of knew what to expect. But one of the big parts of it, um, at no point do you get any pain medication before surgery, during surgery, after surgery. And they use a technique that basically tricks your brain into, instead of thinking your body had any trauma, it reacts as if you've had a good nap. Um, and you also, the night before, in the morning before surgery, you carbo-load with a special drink that keeps your blood level steady, your sugar level steady, so your body doesn't act mm -hmm. again like it's depleted. Right. So you wake up after this surgery and you're like, wow, I'm ready to go. And they have you up and walking immediately. And it was amazing because the first night in the hospital, I walked three and a half miles because it was like, I've slept all day. I'm ready to go. Oh my gosh. Yeah, my family was exhausted. They had been there all day. <laughs> and I'm like, I slept. I'm oh my gosh. And, it, and I was able to go home the next day. Um, and the only thing that was kind of a joke between mm -hmm. us, um, the surgery is on September 20th. Mm -hmm. I was signed up to run a marathon on the 24th in North Dakota. <laughs> and I saw no reason why I can't run the, fly to North Dakota and run this marathon. Oh, man. So we, the surgeons did meet with me and say, you know, you can walk all you want, but it's really not wise. You've had major surgery. Um, mm -hmm. You have an ileostomy now to fly to North Dakota and run um, and kind of explaining the, the problems. Yeah. So finally I did agree like, okay, um, I won't this time. And they said I can walk <laughs> all I want. Well, it was kind of interesting because a, a couple of, about a week later, I ended up with complications and a blockage and back in the hospital. And they were all convinced I ran the marathon. And I was like, no, I, I, I don't know why they would have ever gotten that idea, Judy. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were kind of like, did you run? I said, no, you told me I could walk all I want. Well, I was walking my marathon training routes. So I was putting in some decent mileage, um, which probably didn't contribute to it, but it, it may not have been the absolute mm -hmm. best thing. But then uh, for the six weeks, I mean, I had it down to the day, the time. And then after that, I started running again. And it, the big thing they had told me from the beginning that really stuck with me was listen to your body. You'll know how much to do. You'll know when to back mm -hmm. off. You'll know when to push. And I really embraced that. And even afterwards, um, I did away with all training plans. I used to follow set plans, run this many miles, don't run this, day rest. And I decided totally go how I feel. And it was really interesting because, you know, I definitely did have to learn the eating piece again. And they worked with me to figure out again, what can your body tolerate at this point? You've had, you know, surgery, your body's very different. And helped me with that. And since then, I just... I run every day and I totally base it on what I feel like doing. And it was kind of interesting because like last year was really my record year. Um, and it, I kind of, I base everything, you know, I had all the surgery and then, you know, I did seven months more mm -hmm. of uh, chemo infusions. And then I had another surgery to reverse the ileostomy. And I kind of say from the end of chemo and, after the final surgery, I kind of look at it almost like my rebirth. 
and mm -hmm. kind of started the, and I celebrate it as another birthday because since then I've accomplished more than I probably have my whole life. Um, you know, I've done over 55 races. I've done run challenges. Um, I've pushed myself and learned things that I had never in my life done. And it was like it, it, what that experience has done for me. And I feel better than I ever have before. That's amazing. I mean, Judy, I mean, to be honest, you are not just an ambassador, at least in my opinion, not just an ambassador for Run Charlotte and Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. You're an ambassador for just great attitude and perseverance and like you said, you know, second chances and all those things that are great and, you know, how running can tie all those things together and be a part of that fabric that, uh, that you can sew yourself and your life into something new through all of that. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I, I'm, I see you are, you are, as I told these guys before we got on, that Judy's a pistol. <laughs> she is a pistol. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Man, we sure appreciate you joining us, Judy. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for your inspiration. Uh, thank you for your, your service to the, to the marathon and to the running community. We really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Oh, well, thank you. I hope we'll all be seeing each other live sooner than later. <laughs> oh, ain't that the day of the truth, right? <laughs> <laughs>The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novon Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your hosts, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte released every week.